0: Thank you, brother. <clears throat> Heavy Bibles, turn with me to the 19th chapter of the book of Numbers. If you would, the 19th chapter of the book of Numbers. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Numbers, the 19th chapter. We're going to read the first nine verses of of this chapter. And that's where we're going to get our text from this morning. Thankful for those of you that have come out to be with us this morning. We're thankful you're in the house of the Lord, and we're thankful that uh, that you took this time to come and be in the house of the Lord. And Brother David uh, Green called me. I was on the phone with him a long time. Uh, they've got there's some problems that have, have come up, and uh, I'm not going to mention them over the live streaming, but. Um, if you need to know, you want to know, I'll be glad to tell you uh, it's pretty serious problems. so I ask you to remember them in prayer and also pray for them uh, Saturday the 26th, they're having a, a meeting and uh, he told me to invite all of you, you to come and be there and uh, they're going to have four speakers. Uh, brother John Pruitt, myself, Brother Troy Shepherd, and then Brother David's going to preach the last message. So uh, remember them in prayer and pray for them and, and pray the Lord will see fit to bless in all this. All right, the 19th chapter of the book of Numbers, verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, and listen to this second verse, This is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded saying speak unto the children of Israel that they bring thee a red heifer that's not a mad woman that's a red heifer so remember that uh, bring a red heifer w- without spot with, with without wherein is no blemish and upon which never came a yoke that should give you an idea of what the red heifer is, and ye shall give her unto Eleazar the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and one shall slay her before his face. And Eleazar the priest shall take the take of her blood with his finger and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. And one shall burn the heifer in his sight, her skin and her flesh and her blood with her dung shall be burned. And the priest shall take cedar wood and hyssop and scarlet and cast it up into the midst of the burning of the heifer. Then the priest shall wash his clothes, and he shall bathe his flesh in water. And afterward he shall come into the camp, and the priest shall be unclean until the evening. And he that burneth her, he that burneth her, shall wash his clothes in water, and bathe his flesh in water, and shall be unclean until the evening. And a man that is clean and a man that is clean shall gather up the ashes Page hey, turn here gather up the ashes of the heifer and lay them up on lay them up without the camp in a clean place. This shall be kept for the congregation of the children of Israel, for a water of separation is a purification for sin. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for this time we have together. thankful for those that have come out this morning. We pray for those that for some reason or another are not going to be here today. We pray, Lord, that you will... Bless them and send them back to us safely, and Lord, I just pray in all things that you might be honored and glorified. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. The title of my message today is "The Red Heifer," and what great beauty is going to come out of this uh, this or- ordinance that the Lord uh, demanded, commanded the people to keep and have. We welcome you to live streaming here at Lamarck Baptist Church, From coming from Lamarck Baptist Church here in Lyons, Georgia. The main thought for this message is found in verse 2. It states, this is the ordinance of the law which the Lord hath commanded. In other words this was something the people had to keep they couldn't pass it by they couldn't say we don't want anything to do with it as people do today you know they just take decide when they're going to uh stay out of church when they're not going to come and all this and, and don't have any problems with it but this is something that the people when the lord commanded something and when the lord told them that this was an ordinance that they had to keep they had to keep it. They, they had to do it just exactly the way the Lord would have them to do it. If you want to know about types and pictures in the Old Testament, then find, uh, then find that which the Lord ordered. If the Lord ordered it, it's a type, it's a picture of things to come. If the Lord has not ordered a salvation for his elect, then there would be no great debate. There would be no, there would be of a, of a great debate also. You know, if, if if something came up that, if someone teaches that the Lord didn't order, didn't have the elect and didn't order the elect uh, to be saved, then there would be a great debate among religions today because, you know, if you read the little piece in the, in the, uh, bulletin, you will find that uh, the red pill that the nurse gave all of the patients was, was only one, one remedy, and said it would cure every one of them. Well, we know that that's not true in religion. We know there's only one remedy in religion. There's only one thing that, uh, that will, will save people, and that's if God honors People, uh, as uh, a, a, as he does, <clears throat> the offering of the red heifer was according to the mind of Jehovah God. The appointed red heifer is a type of Christ, and for the Lord, for the Lord appointed Christ to be that great sacrifice for sins of His people. Jehovah God has a right to say. What he, what he accepts as an atonement for sins. You know, he only accept one thing. He has a right to say that. What he will accept. There's many, this council uh, culture that we're going through today, that kids are being taught it in school and such and such. Well, what they're, what they're doing is they're doing away with all the old ways. They're trying to teach your kids that everything is from, from day from from this time forward is going to be the normal now. Well, uh, I tell you this is uh, this is the same thing that would happen here if God didn't appoint these things to be as they are. Jehovah God has a right to say what he accepts as an atonement for the sins. Of mankind, it is not a question as to what man will accept, but what will God accept. It's not a question of what man will accept. Some people said, "Well, people have to accept salvation." It's not a question of that. It has nothing to do with that, you know. And when we when we talk about a culture that we have today in religion. The culture we have today in religion is whatever you accept that has to do with God is okay for salvation. won't work. It's, not gonna, it's never going to work. Uh, acceptance of what man accepts has nothing to do with being saved. It's what God accepts for salvation. And the only thing that God ever accepted for salvation was his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for the sins of his people. That's all God accepted for salvation. He didn't accept walking down a church aisle. He didn't accept going into the baptismal waters. He doesn't accept none of those things. He doesn't accept a sinner's prayer. He doesn't accept these things here. And uh, when you talk to an Armenian, there's just one thing that cures everything. And that is that... Accept the Lord as your Savior, and it's not that's not what it is. Not what it is. It was the Apostle Paul who said, "To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made uh, made us accepted in the beloved." God is the one who makes us acceptable for salvation. It's not. It's not. It's not that we make ourselves acceptable for salvation. But God makes us acceptable for salvation. Now, there's two or three things we want to look at this morning from this message, and that is the sacrifice and the character of Christ. Verse 2 of the text states that they bring thee a red heifer without spot, wherein is no blemish, and upon which never came a yoke. This this red heifer ox, that's what it was, this red heifer ox uh, had never been worked for mankind. Has never been worked for mankind. Mankind has never put a yoke upon her. And has never worked her. Well, that's, uh, you know, Christ has been yoked by, by mankind. Let's put it that way. Christ has been yoked. They say, they say this is the only way that you can be saved. Walk a church aisle. Go into baptismal waters. Pray a prayer. And all these things. Well, that's a yoke upon the work that Christ did because that's the picture of this very thing is here that this red heifer had never been worked. She had never had man ever tell her what to do. Never had man had ever, ever Ever got behind her and, and made her do whatever he want, man wanted her to do. It was Christ who offered himself without spot to the Father. He was a lamb without blemish. Peter states, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot that's that was jesus christ jesus christ was without blemish he was without spot he was without the command of man and and uh just like when old pilate told him said my man i have the power over you i have the power to to save your life or i have the power to t- take your life and jesus said you have no such power you have no such power over me and that's the same way it was with this ox. This ox had never had a man to ever have power over him. So it's not, it's not up to man to say what's right and what's wrong when it comes to salvation. It's up to God. It's not up to man. It's not up for, for man to say what's wrong and what's right. It's up to God to say what's wrong and what's right and what is correct, what is the correct thing to do. And, and as of my ministry for the last 54 years, all I've ever known is that God accepts His only beloved Son as the only, only pay the ransom price for sin. You know, that's all I've ever heard. I heard it when I was saved and I preached it for 54 years and I've used the Bible all over the Bible. You don't find it anywhere where that man's ever made his own acceptable way into salvation it was it was corrupt man who tried to find a blemish in the Lord Jesus Christ although they found no fault in him they found no fault in him and they people knew that they knew that they knew that there was no fault in him even even uh, the 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 uh, uh, the head people of that day the 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 lawyers, they, uh, those that were over, the kings, and, and all of these people, they could never find no fault in him. But yet, when they cried out to the people, they said, who, who do you want? They said, we'll spare Barabbas, but we want Christ. And, and they took him, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. They took him, and they hanged him on the tree at Calvary. The yoke speaks of the burden of sin, which was never on him. That's uh, that's what that's what it meant. That's why they need a red heifer that didn't have a yoke and never had a yoke on him, because that's a picture of, of the burden of sin, which was never on this red heifer. This red heifer wasn't used last year for a... Uh, uh, a, an offering. Uh, this red heifer wasn't uh, was never used uh, before this for for an offering. He was one that, that had no no fault. Sin never entered his life. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, though much sorrow did. You know we we get confused sometimes with the, the sorrow that Christ had, and people wonder, well, why did he suffer so much sorrow? If if he was a savior, but let me tell you folks, he never he never committed one sin. He had no sin about him, had no sin around him, had no sin that ever came up on him. He 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 was uh, he was fully and completely clean of everything. You know, a lot of times we we pray unclean. A lot of times we. We, we uh, ask forgiveness for our sins and we're unclean, but he was never unclean. He was always clean. The slaying and the death of Christ, <clears throat> they, were, they were ordered to bring her, that is the red heifer, without the camp and slay her, in verse 3. The red heifer was treated as unclean, but was clean. Christ without sin was treated as a sinner, but was sinless, and, as, and was slain on Golgotha's hill, which was outside of the camp. Isaiah states, he was despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it was our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. He was never held up as being a great leader. He was never held up as being a great savior because man did not see him like that. They did not see him as that. They saw him as a sinner like themselves. And uh, I've even had that mentioned to me over the years. Someone say, well, wasn't well, Christ, did Christ live among men? He sure did. Well, well, then he done the same thing men did. No, he didn't. One thing he did not do that man does, and that's sin. He didn't commit one sin. He never had one sinless spot of anything in his whole, his whole existence here, here, here on the earth. He he was he was despised and and he was esteemed not. In other words, he wasn't held up as being anything, ord anything out of the. Uh, Ordinary is all he was, all he was. Here is a scripture I have always had a problem with over the years. This scripture says, "Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him; he hath put him to open grief." And when thou shalt make when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. That's what Isaiah said about him. Isaiah said that uh, said it pleased the Lord to bruise him. His only begotten Son. I can't begin to think about what it would be like. You know, I've often said this many times. You folks have heard me say it. My uh, my mother never did tell me that it hurt her to whip us kids. Now, I've often said, well, I don't know how much she thought about kids. Because the way she'd whip us, you'd think she didn't think anything about us. But yet, deep down in her heart, she loved us kids. I know she did. She loved us kids. And, and she cared about us kids. Well, uh, it pleased the, the Lord, the Father, to bruise his only begotten son. I've never quite understood that. He had put him to open grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, Isaiah 53 and verse 10. Make his soul an offering for sin. I am so glad today that he did bruise him. I'm glad today that he, he, he bruised him. I'm glad today that he hanged him on that, on that uh, tree. I'm glad today that they spat up on him. I'm glad today that, that they scourged him, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I'm glad today that they did all those things. I'm I'm thrilled to death, you know, because they did all those things to him. Why? Because that was the beginning of the end of me going to hell when they did all those things. You know, wouldn't it have been something if all the Old Testament had us talked about all these uh ceremonies and all these offerings that were offered and and showing a picture of what was to come what would happen if that didn't come that's what makes the bible so true what makes the bible so so uh uh infallible makes the bible infallible the bible the word of god is infallible because it proves itself all down through What was said in the Old Testament was proven in the New Testament to be true. It ought to be true. Yes, I believe that. I believe that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. I believe believe that Jesus had a lot of grief. I believe he hanged on that tree, and I believe that he cried out to the Father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I believe he did all that and you think well what about this red heifer do you think this red heifer bayed when they put it in the fire sure it did sure it did it had a lot of grief but and 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 the people that even handled it was dirty why what did he tell them to do after they handled that that red heifer who was who was as clean as clean could be but yet they handled that red heifer and they, they, brought, they did to it what they did to it. He said uh, you had to go wash, change your clothes. The person that threw it in the fire had to go wash and change their clothes. And they had to clean themselves up. Let me tell you, today, folks, we're dirty today. A lot of people are dirty today because they've mishandled Christ. They have mishandled him in a way that, that you just can't begin to believe. Now, I'm going to tell you some of it. I've, I've been ridiculed. I've been uh, I've been fussed at, I guess you could say, because I teach that the Armenians don't have the way of salvation. But yet I see today, I see people's been taught, they've been taught that, that there's only one way of salvation, and that's through the sovereign God who, who gave his only begotten son die for him but yet there's people who will still put that amen on what some of the Armenians say I don't do it I'm not going to do it I don't agree with none of it I don't agree with none of it I don't care how good a people they are I don't care what kind of people they are I don't agree with it I don't agree that as a, as a nurse told those people this one red pill will cure it all I don't believe that the Roman road will cure it all. You know, I was told by by a man one time right after I was first saved, and and I had I had learned about the doctrines of grace, but I was told by a man, you know, that uh, that that if if you don't if you don't do some of these things that the Lord says, that is walk a church aisle, be baptized, and all that, then you're not saved. I was told that as a person who didn't know too much about salvation I was just I had just been saved I didn't know too much about salvation praise God God got a hold of me long before a lot of people did God got a hold of me and he showed me Romans 8 that's the first chapter of the Bible I ever read and ever studied and that's the one that God led me to a few days after I was saved matter of fact, he, he led me to some of it when I preached my first message. But when I was first saved, he led me to Romans the 8th chapter. And I studied Romans the 8th chapter. I sat and I kept my Bible open. I carried it with me everywhere I went. I sat down on the porch steps and wait on people to get there. I studied Romans 8. I sat down there and at home, I'd open up my Bible to Romans 8. I would study Romans 8. Study, 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 and, and I know what God was doing. I know what I know exactly what God was doing. He was He was setting me up to be what He had called me to be. And and, and I tell you, I, I went right, I jumped I jumped right off the right out of the fire. I, I mean I jumped right out of the water into the fire. And I began to preach the doctrines of grace. I preach the doctrines of grace at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and the pastor started crying. He started crying, and, and I followed him out and when, it, when service was over with. And I followed him out, and I said, Brother Jeffries, what did I say that made you cry? He said, it's not what you said. He said, it's what I haven't said. He said, I've never preached that to these people. He said, you're the first time these people have ever heard anything about it." The doctrines of grace. so what a great blessing it is, I tell you what a great blessing it is to know these things. Yes, he, he had no sin though he was accused of having sin. If the red heifer offering had blemish, they would they would they would fillet that, they would fillet that blemish off when they started skinning him. you read it in there, they skinned him. What they did, if he, if he had any blemishes on him, they took it, they skinned it off of him. And they took it off. Jesus of Nazareth was skinned by the hatred of man. They whipped the skin off with their scourges. Oh, yes, they did. They skinned him. They skinned him. you know what a scourge is? I don't even know what a scourge is. It's a whip that's got a lot of tails on it. And at the end of those tails they tie sharp rocks. At the end of those tails. And that's what they beat him with all the way. All the way to Golgotha's hill. They beat him with those skirms. They spat up on him. They cursed him. They did they did all those things. Yeah, they skinned him. Just like they skinned that ox by by clean if he if he needed if he wasn't clean enough, they skinned him. And make him clean. They whipped the skin off of our our Lord and Savior with a scurn. They spat up on his wounds and they watched his precious blood fall on the ground. Oh, what a terrible scene. A scene that the sun refused to shine up on. God didn't even send the sun up on that thing, it was dark, pitch dark. and, And yet the people were walking by wagging their heads. What a, what, a, what a miserable person that is hanging up there. What a terrible person that is. He said, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. And somebody said, go get, go get him something to drink. They brought him a cup of vinegar. You ever try to drink vinegar? Whew. You know, they brought him a cup of vinegar to drink. What do you think about that? What, what, what in the world do you think about that? Did they not mistreat him? But it, it pleased the Lord for them to do that. It pleased the Lord, and now it pleases me. It pleases me that they did that. It pleases me because if they hadn't have done that, I would have. I would not say could say today that I'm going to heaven when I die. It pleases me that they done that. First preacher I ever saw say things like that was Rhonda's old preacher, and I I told Rhonda that time I said Rhonda he's crazy. I said, that man's crazy. She said, No, he knows what he's talking about. He knew what he was talking about. When he said, I'm glad they nailed him to that old tr- that old cross. He called it old cross. Which I don't have a problem with that. Said they nailed him to that old cross and said they dropped that old and he dropped that old cross down on that wood floor. When he did, I thought it was going through the floor. He said, I'm glad they did that. He said, I'm glad they tore the skin when they dropped him. I'm glad they put that crown of thorns upon him. I'm glad he, he, he was bleeding blood down into his eyes. I'm glad they did that, he said. He, he said, I, I'm, I'm glad that they scurned. And he took that scurn and he hit the side of that pulpit with it. And I went back up there many years later and I preached up there for those people. And that old pulpit, has still got those chips out of it where he hid it. He said, I'm glad they did that. Well, I am too. I'm glad they did it too. I never did understand it, but I understand it now. I had a, a lot of problems with it. And lastly, the defiled, the defiled in the need of mankind. The defiled in the need of mankind. Death is the work of sin. I don't care what I don't care what you've been told. I don't care who told it to you. I don't care. Death is the work of sin. If it hadn't been for sin, there'd been no death. Hadn't been for sin, we wouldn't have had to bury our loved ones. Hadn't been for sin, Brother Randy. Callahan wouldn't be burying his dear mother. If it wasn't for sin, I wouldn't have had to bury my mom and daddy and my sister and my brother. But it's because of sin. It's because of sin. Death is a work of sin. One little touch of the hand of God will make a man, a woman, a boy or a girl clean. If you're filthy today, if you're filthy today by handling sinful things, this goes out to everybody on live streaming, I don't know if some of our people may be live streaming right now, but this goes out to live streaming. If your hands are unclean today, and if you're not in the Lord's house, when you should be, they're unclean. I, I, I like old brother Wayne Massey. I don't know, I read, I read every Saturday night what he puts on there. should be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. If you're filthy today, come and be clean by the blood of the sacrifice of Christ. This, this landmark Baptist church is here because of his sacrifice. It wouldn't be here for any other reason. They wouldn't even be a church today. They wouldn't be no place to go and worship today. Or well, they wouldn't be a church if it wasn't for his sacrifice that he sacrificed for his children. And someday, praise God, someday he's going to come back and he's going to receive them up, both all dead and all alive of his children. He's going to call them up. They're going to bust open those graves and they're going to go up and they're going to be with him for all eternity. I don't know what that's like. Maybe I, maybe I won't be long until I will know. I don't know what that's like. <coughs> None of you do either. <coughs> but one thing for sure, I do believe that someday he's going to take me with him. Whether it's by death or whether it's by the rapture, he's going to take me with him. And I pray that he will you too. I pray the Lord will save your unworthy soul if you're here today and lost. If you're out there and lost, out there on, uh, 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 out there and listening on live streaming. If you're lost, I pray the Lord will save you. I pray the Lord will save you. I don't care who you are. You might say, "Well, I'm I'm one of the most hated people listening to this." Well, I don't care who you are. The Lord can save you, and I pray that someday He will. Pray someday He'll He'll order He'll order your salvation. He'll ordain your salvation and order it. I pray that. All right, let's all.